touch my shoulder, it would touch my hair. Starts now. And I said, what the hell is that? and more radio starts now and welcome to spirits and more radio this is your host steve roan it has been a long time since we've done one of these podcasts i've got ace jordan with me who does creepy af and eric van leer who was actually i think our first very first show was about paranormal investigation and we we talked to eric so it's an epic day here we are at creep it real in orange county and this is at the Heritage Museum, so we've got actually a house that's supposedly haunted. We're set up right on the porch. It's called the Kellogg House, and there's been some, some things there, and Ace and uh, Eric have both investigated that house, so it's only pr- appropriate that we talk about what's going on in those this house that's like five feet away from us. Um, Ace, yeah. what have you been up to, man? Uh, creepy, uh, creepy AF's been keeping me really busy. We just shot... Uh, Horror nights, we did media night, and then we drove up to San Jose for the Winchester All Hallows Eve event. And then it was back down to Orange County for Creeper Real OC. Uh, I shot some of the mini haunts here. Uh, I'll check some of the names. There was one called uh, Bellows Haunt. That one was pretty cool. Um, what was the theme of that one? Was it like a like a haunted house inside, or what was the what was going on inside? I Bellows hope I'm Haunt? not getting them confused. I think Bellows Haunt is the one in Corona, and they had like a neon clown vibe. It was pretty cool. So is that a um, like a home haunt or a professional thing you can go to this year? Do you know? I'm not 100 percent sure, but I think it's a professional haunt that you uh, can go to. You have okay, to pay. cool, yeah. cool. Where can people find your stuff? Just so if you haven't heard of Creepy AF and what Ace is up to, he's been doing stuff for years and years and years. We've known each other for probably three, four, five years now. Where can people find what you do? You can find uh, uh, Creepy AF at at Creepy AF Show. It's on Instagram, uh, Twitter, and Facebook. Most of our content is on Instagram. And then we also have the Starco Tube YouTube channel, which has, I think, around 140 creepy AF videos that we've shot over the years. That's cool. Yeah. And we've got, you've had some haunted experiences, but before we get into all that, we also have Eric Van Leer with Golden State Haunts. And Eric, you're technically a co-host of this show. Uh, <laughs> it's on the website that way. We got to do another show. Yes. We tried to do a show one time. We had a show and Eric was at the VFW and we were doing it from your car, remember? <laughs> so, Anyway, we've had a lot of fun doing these shows and going to all these haunted events. Yeah. What's going on with Golden State Haunts? Um, well, I'm still running all the horror press releases and Halloween and haunt press releases um, and all that stuff. But I'm the host of Creepy AF and Creepy AF Paranormal. So I've been doing stuff with Ace. Like he said, we just did Halloween Horror Nights, which I really liked. And then... Uh, actually drove back from Winchester yesterday so it's been a long weekend and I really enjoyed that I haven't been since to uh, Winchester since I was a kid and that was a lot of fun just being in that environment and the theme this year I've heard there's been different themes there but the theme this year was actually the hauntings of the home so it's like an hour and a half tour through the Winchester house and they have like displays and animatronics and stuff 
that help portray the story of the hauntings of the home, which I thought was really cool. And that is, for, for those of you who are not uh, privy to what Winchester is, we're talking about the Winchester Mystery House in San Jose. And I've been there as an adult probably about three or four times in the last five years. Uh, the story of that house is that basically the Winchester Rifle Company, Sarah Winchester, the wife of, I don't know, I don't know her husband's name, but the story is, is that some psychic medium told her that all the people who have died from a Winchester rifle or firearm are descending upon her house to haunt her. And so what she did was she built and built and built and built constantly, 24 hours a day, seven days a week for something like 30 years. So it's this massive mansion of just kooky stuff. Best described sort of like a Scooby-Doo haunted house, okay? There's like just stairways that go up to nowhere and things like that. So that's cool. So you went out there and saw that and they did a good job. They do a theatrical thing. Ace, you were talking about the theatrical stuff. What did you see? Um, What they did is like a uh, flashlight tour, but instead of just a flashlight tour, they add in um, some theatrics, some production value, some lighting effects, some music, some scare actors, and kind of make it, um, you know, more of a, a haunted a haunted attraction meets a flashlight tour. Right, and you actually showed me, and uh, what I'll do, it's on. If you go to Creepy AF, is it on there? Did you? Put no, that I haven't stuff? posted anything from. Well, only a couple stories from Winchester. Okay, so oh, I did. I actually did a post today uh, from the uh, haunted trail thing they had in the back. Okay, so um, I saw this like killer. If you don't know what projection mapping is, it's where you take multiple projection projectors and shoot them at a surface, a 3D surface, and in this case, it's the Winchester Mystery House. So the whole thing looks like it's on fire and it looks super realistic. I'm going to actually repost that. Ace sent that to me. So I'll throw that up for you guys on my stuff at uh, Spooks and Spirits. We're here today at Creep LA. So oh, it's Creep, uh, creep It Real. Creep It Real. Oh, sorry about yeah. that. Yeah, creep LA. Creep, creep, uh, creep, creep LA, LA, I heard, is coming back this year, though. So look at I didn't even make up a name. There was actually an, <laughs> there an is event a, called Creep LA. It's immersive haunt, and to my understanding, it will be coming back this season. So I'm going to give the history. You guys both live up here in LA, and I live in, well... I live in uh, Orange County. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I was going to point out. So being from San Diego, anything north of Oceanside, we consider Los Angeles. <laughs> and anyone, until I lived up here in Los Angeles and Burbank, I realized the significance of the difference of it's the different parts difference, yeah. of this county. And so, as you saw, Ace immediately pointed out he lives in Orange County. Yeah. So that's sort of where that uh, whole Creep LA came from. But Creep Creep It Real here in, in Orange County, we've got, uh, this is a really cool spot. It was a warm day today, but there are two historic houses here and huge gardens, and it's littered with uh, uh, all kinds of vendors that have lots of cool stuff. And if you've never been to a, a Halloween expo, uh, you'll see things that you just don't see online. I mean, you've got lots of artist stuff, you know, people who make handmade stuff here. Um, there's someone who actually donated. We did a charity event three years ago, right before the pandemic, and uh, Chelsea uh, with Murders by Chelsea, uh, donated something, so I'm going to do a little shout out to her because she's here today. So she does a murder mystery party that comes in a box. So basically, you get this kit, and then you invite your friends over, and you do this cool murder mystery thing. So she's here today. Lots of other people are here today. 
Uh, Ace, did you see anything cool that stood out to you? Yeah, I want to give a shout out to a couple of the vendors. The first one is uh, Orange County Ghostbusters. They, uh, I believe they're a nonprofit and they raise money for the Chalk Children's Hospital. They did this really cool green screen uh, photo op for Eric and I where they plug us in to the movie Ghostbusters and we made some funny pictures that we're going to be posting over on uh, the Instagram page. The other one uh, is Haunted Trails in the city of Laguna Niguel. We did a video there. Uh, that was the only haunt that we actually got to do last year. We did some drive-throughs, like some home a home display, but this one was like the only one in 2020 that was, I guess, qualified as a haunt. They did it. They did it outdoors with social distancing. So I guess they're going to be back this year and a little bit better than last year. And the other one is a brand new one called Haunt of Halloween in Mission Viejo, California, which is my hometown. Uh, this is the first year they're doing it. It's in the Kaleidoscope Mall down off Crown Valley. So uh, I'm going to contact them about doing a, a media night event. And hopefully we'll get some footage from Haunt of Halloween because I want to be extra supportive of anyone in my hometown doing these type of events. And Eric, what did you see? Uh, I liked all this stuff, you know. It's dangerous for me because... <laughs> I could wind up buying pretty much everything. I, I, the arts and crafts, um, some really cool shirts. Like you said, stuff you don't see online. Um, a lot of exclusive stuff. And, you know, I, I, I wish that uh, the funds are expendable because I'd, I'd be on a big shopping spree right now. <laughs> yeah, totally. So we're not very far from uh, haunted Orange County. And they've brought out Bob Gurr from Disney, who was a Disney Imagineer uh, responsible for the Haunted Mansion design. So he's just around the corner from us. I got to take a look over there, but people are uh, excited to take pictures with him and get his signature and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, he's a legend. And I think that one of the things about coming to stuff like this is we see people from different horror movies and themes and people like Bob Gurr and... You know, if you come all the time, it sort of becomes, it can become background, right? But the reality is, is, you know, these people aren't always going to be here. Um, Eric and I were talking about a story, uh, it was probably back at Scare LA, maybe three or four years ago. And I had Sid uh, Haig, who was in uh, Rob Zombie's movie, House of a Thousand Corpses and all the follow-ups. And he did a little intro for us, which I'll pop into here right now. Spirits and more radio. Listen to it, or I'll come over there and put my boot all up in your ass. <laughs> and um, it was just really cool because he's passed away and he's gone, you know? So it's like, uh, you know, even though it's commonplace to us, it's really cool to be a part of things like this. Do you think so, Eric? Yeah, I mean, I actually had lunch with uh, Sid Haig, Carl's Jr. of all places, in uh, I believe it was Thousand Oaks, um, shortly before he died. He was a really nice guy, and like Steve said, he did a plug for this show, so he's definitely missed. Wow, how did you score a lunch with him? 
actually, I think I was working out there, and I just went into Carl's Jr. and saw him, and he remembered me, and we just started talking. Wow, so just a total L.A. Hollywood moment. Pretty much. Into a celebrity. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When uh, when I met Sid, uh, my, my sister's a huge fan of him in the Rob Zombie movie, so I asked him to record a message for her birthday. And not only did he do it, but as I was recording it, my battery died. So he actually did it again for me. That's how nice of a guy oh, he was. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. Wow. Did you, was it just the same as Eric, like a random meet? I, I met him at a convention. I think it was mid, it might have been Midsummer Scream. I don't know exactly, but yeah. I just remember how, how kind he was. Yeah, he was really cool to us. I remember when Eric and I talked to him, he was like, sure, go for it, you know. And a lot of these guys, you know, obviously, like, they have to um, take advantage of their celebrity, their cult following, you know, and do things, you know, where they charge for signatures and stuff like that. But he didn't charge us a thing. He was just cool to us, you know, and, and made that happen. That was really cool. Yeah, one of the uh, things that we used to do with uh, Creepy that I hope to do again is celebrity interviews. And I don't believe I interviewed him. I interviewed the Crypt Keeper and some other people, but he is one person I wish I uh, could have possibly had the opportunity to interview. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So what was, uh, so there were some, a few haunts around here, Ace. Did you check out the haunts that are happening here at Creep It Real? Uh, yeah, I, I did all of them now, I think. One of them was a display. The display was, I don't have all the names here, unfortunately. Um, I mentioned the Bellows Haunt earlier. I think that was the one I liked the most, um, just because it was it was the the paint scheme, the color of it, the kind of neon clown thing was it really worked for the small space that they were in. Yeah, and, and uh, for you guys, just so you, because you obviously can't see this, but you know this is a, this is a setup in sort of like a little park. And so these haunts are contained to almost, what would you say, like a 10 by 10 pop-up tent, really, right? Yeah, I think some of them are that small. I want to mention that FX Faces is here, which is a Larry Bones' company, and they put on a haunt that we shot recently called Horror World in Rancho Cucamonga, and we did a video there that uh, people seem to like. We had a... Uh, we didn't even know he was there, but the TikTok star, the guy named Twisted Pennywise, made a cameo in our video, and he has 15 million followers on oh, TikTok. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. Wow, that's super cool. So it was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. you got to check out that Horror World video and see me do the Bugs Bunny run through one of the hallways. I've showed that to people a couple times, and they always get a laugh out of that. <laughs> I'll have to check that out. you got to send me a... Where, where can people find that, Eric? Where is that? On Creepy AF? I believe that's on the uh, StarkoTube YouTube. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. it's on the StarkoTube YouTube, but it, there's also uh, there's a version of it on the Creepy AF Instagram page and also on my East Jordan film page. I'd have a, a, a kind of a condensed real version of it with some music that we added from the movie, uh, the motion picture Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the original one from 1974. Oh, okay, cool, cool. So uh, we're, we're here this weekend, but for those of you who aren't part of, like, you know, if you're not paying attention to everything going on, September's a big month for everything Halloween. I mean, all the opening nights happen. 
Uh, you guys were just up at Winchester Mystery House, and then the very next night you went to Universal Halloween. Horror. Yeah, it was, it was the other way around actually. We went oh, was to Universal, it? and then had to drive all the way up to San Jose. So it was it was uh, Hollywood back to Orange County, up to San Jose, back down to Orange County, and now we're here again. Yeah, so. I mean, you know, I live in San Diego, and this time of year and years past, I mean, I've come up to LA, and it's like it's two o'clock in the morning, and I'm at David Oven's house, and there's a seance going on, and I'm like, I need to be here tomorrow. I really don't want to drive all the way home and come back up, so I just like Airbnb it or whatever. Speaking of David Oven, um, he's you, both. You guys have been to his house. If you guys haven't heard of Dave, Dave's house, he's uh, up in Beverly Hills, and um, there've been some things going on, lots of investigations. He's been on uh, all the TV shows, you know, Ghost Adventures and stuff like that. He's doing two nights this year. I was telling Eric, I don't know Ace if you know about that, but he's doing two nights where people are invited to come to his house. Uh, he's doing a daytime and then he's doing an evening thing where you can investigate, bring your equipment. You know, there's places where there's, you know, things have happened. He posts all the time. He's got a bunch of cameras in the house. So it's pretty interesting if you follow Dave's YouTube, like oh, the Omen House, if you find him on YouTube, you can see the footage when things go on. Uh, Ace, you've been there years ago, right? Yeah, I think it was five years ago. We went after a trip to Scare LA, which unfortunately they're not doing anymore, I don't think. Yeah, and Eric, you've been there too. You were there. We did a show. Eric and I did a show from there. That must have been 2018, and it was like one day off from Halloween. So we were there right at like the apex of all the the whole Halloween thing going on. And there's always a lot of interesting people too. Like I just remember every time I go to Dave's house, there's you know lots of people that have really interesting paranormal experiences to share. Um, and of course, you know if you're into this stuff, you gravitate towards that. But Man, to be able to go to a house that's been on TV and experience it for yourself is really cool. I think those dates are, uh, what is it, like in October, I think it's the 16th and the 30th. So it's both Saturdays. Obviously, the 30th is probably going to sell out. I mean, the night before, right, crossover into Halloween. And let me tell you something. I don't know about you guys, but the times I've been to, to Dave Oman's house, uh, it's not an early night. You know, it's not an early night. You'll turn around and find yourself at 3.45 in the morning in the house. Everyone's still there, like, checking things out, roaming around. So, anyway, so that's that. Eric, has anything happened to you there at Dave's house or no? I've felt some spooky energy there. And... What was her name? (laughs) (laughs) um... I'm just kidding. I think it was myself and Amber. I don't know if you know Amber. She lives in San Diego. Um, She's in the haunt industry. We saw uh, a disembodied pair of legs, I think, like under the stairwell or something once. Wow. Like in a little crawl space area. And and then, you know, all this stuff that he talks about, I've I've experienced the... uh, figurines falling and all that I mean can I say it's paranormal I don't know but I have uh, seen it uh, with my own eyes one thing I do got to say for sure whether there's paranormal activity there or not is he does uh, cook some great food (laughs) yeah I've heard about the ribs I've never I've never had them myself but anyway uh, I'm gonna check it out Uh, I've known Dave for for a few years since Eric and I went there so I'll be there on the 16th and uh, experiencing everything that's going on there uh, yeah Dave's house right down the street from the show and tape murders and so a lot of people try to you know connect those two things together that that's sort of where it's from 
I know that around Halloween, uh, there's nothing definitive yet. Um, but I know Ace and I were talking about possibly going to uh, Escape Psycho Circus in San Bernardino, which is a huge EDM festival from Insomniac, the same people that put on Electric Daisy Carnival. And they actually have, I believe, it's the biggest haunted house in Southern California. And then, of course, they have the DJs, everything. Um, and uh, a lot of uh, Halloween props and scare actors and displays. It's it's like a musical Halloween theme park with a huge haunted house, usually based on Alice in Wonderland. That's cool. I didn't know they actually had a haunted house there. Um, I So it's funny you mention that because uh, Pasquale, the guy who puts yes. that on, yes. I went to some of his original events which were at the Orange Show, which is where the event is you're talking about. That's where it is, yes. Way back in 96, I mean, when it was like the very first Beyond Wonderland, as he did. And, uh, of course, shout out to Brandon Powers out in Las Vegas. He uh, did some of the original raves in Southern California, a big, big rave called Narnia. And Pasquale, as I understand it, was a promoter of him passing out flyers. So it's really cool that, you know, these guys have continued to bring entertainment to people you know so many years later and uh yeah i'd love to go check that thing out up there in uh orange show for sure escape what's it called escape escape psycho circus and psycho circus yeah during the pandemic um pasquale was actually doing a lot of there wasn't an audience but he was doing a lot of in-house dj sets which were really cool and you didn't have to pay for them they're on youtube um you know, you could donate if you want, but they were free to watch. And uh, I don't know if he's still doing that, but I know he was doing that pretty much every weekend. You know what else he did? He actually did a drive-through thing. And it was, I took my kids, it was on Valentine's Day 2020. And I don't know where it was, Altadena or somewhere there, sort of along the 10 corridor out into San Gabriel Valley. But uh, that was really cool. It was better than I thought it would be. Um, you know, they had characters dancing around and just these massive, like, video screens that you drove your car through. So we were super enjoyed that, which was really cool during the pan pandemic, right, when everyone's, like, sitting at home without anything, like, physical to do. Um, speaking of investigations and stuff like that, so we're sitting next to the Kellogg house. Now, Eric, you and Ace both came here. Did you shoot footage, Ace, in this house, or what happened? Yeah, we shot a uh, creepy AF paranormal TV show here at the Kellogg House uh, last summer. Uh, when everything was shut down, they were cool enough to let us come in and, and film an episode without um, without a lot of restrictions, which which we were very lucky to do at the time. And then in 2016, we did an investigation in the Kellogg House and also in the Mog Farmhouse and some of some of the uh, back back lot area of this um, museum property. So what is the what is the background on the Kellogg House? Uh, is this related to Frosted Flakes, Corn Flakes, <laughs> Kellogg's, or no? No, um, I believe it was a an architect, a, a local architect who um, his he uh, died and his wife uh, what was her name? Oh, Helen, Helen Kellogg uh, inherited the house and she lived here until the age of ninety four, I believe and she finally passed away in the parlor. Um, the story is that most of the hauntings are likely her. Um, she was a, she had a reputation of not being 
the, the kindest woman and uh, her stepdaughter she supposedly pushed down the stairs or no she I think she hit her she hit her with a frying pan and she fell down the stairs she hurt her legs so bad that eventually it had to be amputated and she was in a wheelchair for the rest of her life so there's a lot of kind of sad energy from I, I forget the young woman's name but from her bedroom because she was kind of confined to this uh, really small bedroom for most of her life until her adult life when she left the house yes there's also they used to also entertain kids here and upstairs there's actually a child's bedroom and a classroom so there's also uh, uh, spirits of children yeah both those rooms are really creepy they have like an old schoolhouse room and uh, the, the children's room for the two boys I believe it was they had two younger boys um, Hiram and Helen were the, the name of the couple uh, the, the, the Kellogg's they had two young boys in, the, in that room and uh, that seems to be where most of the paranormal activity is so we've we've had some communications with the children we believe I think one of the, the weirdest things is uh, the first time I was in there in, in 2016 I went in there and I immediately started playing with the blocks they had those little children's blocks and I just started spelling out uh, a word it was O-A uh, O-A H-U, which at the time I thought was was gibberish. Oahu. Oahu, but the daughter's name is Oahu Rose. Wow. Which is really strange. And it was almost like she was compelling me to to spell that out. That's crazy, man. That was really weird, because I just thought, oh, I thought that was like gibberish or something, you know? Or your uh, next vacation to Hawaii, Uh, Maybe. I was thinking (laughs) about Hawaii. So we're right next to the house. So um, did you guys actually capture anything audio video visual to either of you i don't think we got anything uh, visually on video but we did get some interesting interactions with um what do you call that tablet thing oh the spirit box he had like a digital spirit box that he ran through a uh, ipad and into a bluetooth speaker and we had some inter- interesting interactions with that, including um, we, uh, Jolie, one of the other paranormal investigators, she was playing with the blocks too, and three times, uh, she spelled her name out in blocks for the kids, and three times it, it, it said her name. Wow. We also got in one of the rooms, and I noticed this, Ace had a party around Halloween, and he... Wait a minute. Ace had a party around Halloween because I didn't get an invite. <laughs> it was it was kind of impromptu and small. Of course, we kept of course. it very small because my um, one of my housemates didn't want a lot of people over last yeah, of year. Yeah, so. of course, of course. So we we were watching that, and I noticed that in uh, one of the scenes before we exit the room, we actually got a class A EVP, which means you can hear it and understand it without headphones, and a voice said, "Shut up." Oh, yeah, we got that on the camera, which is... No kidding, like, for real, audio. for real. Like, when you go look at that audio, it comes through. Yeah, I thought I thought it was either the talent or somebody off camera may have said it, but when we were watching, we did the little screening at my house for most... I think almost all the crew was there. Most of the crew was there, and they heard it. And and they realized, no, they're all like, no, that's not me, that's not me, that's not me. So wow. I have no idea where that came from. Yeah. And I also want to say we're probably doing another one this this Halloween. So if you want to come up, you're welcome to. Yeah, yeah, of yeah. course. 
So the crazy thing is, is that, so Eric and I, we were talking about equipment that people use to do paranormal investigations. And there's a really cool app that is sort of on the down low in the sense that it's not advertised for the purpose of paranormal investigation. Mm -hmm. uh, it's made for sleeping. So people who are concerned about, you know, am I getting a good night's rest? You look up these sleep apps and they, they basically detect snoring and record and log the time and stuff like that. But the cool thing about them is that they timestamp the sound and they don't record constantly. Only if there is an audible event will you see it on the list. So that's super valuable because if you're trying to, you know, put something in a room and let it go all night long and see what comes up, you know, instead of like scrolling through hours of time, it's really nice to have like the timestamp, right? What, what's the app called? Let me pull it up. It's on my phone. Uh, it's free and anyone can use it for this purpose of like paranormal investigation. That seems like something we can run in the background and check later. So it's called Sleep Recorder. Sleep Recorder. Sleep Recorder, yeah. So you pull up Sleep Recorder and um, the sleep, it's, you can tell it, okay, I want to know if snoring is happening or not. So you yeah. just leave it so that it records all the time, so it's not trying to detect snoring. But anyway, what a great, great thing for anyone who's trying to investigate a, a place and see what's going on. Yeah, that's the first I've heard of it. Sounds cool. Yeah, definitely. Eric, what's your, uh, where do you get the most, like when you're investigating a place, like you know, there's lots of devices out there and there's lots of people, you know, lots, you know, I'm more of a skeptic, so I'm looking at it like, okay, you know, is our mind filling in the, building a puzzle for us that makes sense to us which of the devices do you have that you would say have consistently delivered something that can't be explained well i would say i've gotten a lot of intelligent responses on my hack shack which is a modified radio shack radio that i've had pretty much since the beginning of investigating and I've been doing, uh, I haven't done it lately, of course, because of the pandemic and everything, but I've, I've been, you know, to different places around the world doing urbex, which is urban exploring, and a lot of times I'll just bring a night vision camera, and Ace and I were actually talking about when I was at Povilia Island in Venice, Italy, and he was telling me that there were some scenes where he saw some, you know, some anomalous shadow people, whatever you may have, and that wasn't any equipment, it was just a camera, you know. Sometimes when I, I get my craziest stuff and I'm just exploring an abandoned building with a camera. Yeah, and uh, we've talked about the different things. If you want to hear what, go if you want to go deep on Eric's experiences, check out spiritsandmoreradio.com, episode one, because that's where we really dive into it. And Ace, we've talked about your experiences. Uh, is it Black Star Canyon? Yeah, I had, an, I had a new experience recently. Um, it was last it was right around the time the pandemic started it was last may or last march i think yeah because it started in february and this was in march uh, i went mountain climbing in on mount baldy and it was it was really intense because uh it was there was a heavy snowfall so all the all the trails were covered and I, I was really tired and i was coming back down it was sundown in ice house canyon and i was about i was only about a mile maybe a mile or two from the trailhead and i saw a uh a young woman dressed all in black in a black veil standing on the side of the trail by a tree 
And I kind of kindly just nodded and said, hey. And she said, hey. She just said, hey, back to me. And then I took a few steps, and I turned around and looked back, and there was no one there. No kidding. That was really creepy. So I've been asking a bunch of people that live in the area and a bunch of hikers, has, has anyone else seen this young woman? And um, I, I haven't got anyone that, that, that has reported to have witnessed her y- yet. Yeah. So uh, I'm wondering if it was a delirium from, from exhaustion, perhaps, or what it was, because it was really strange. And that was the first time I've seen a full-body apparition, and the first time it's spoken to me, which was really creepy. Yeah. yeah, that's wild. Yeah. That's, you know, and that's the thing is, like, is it our mind or what it is? There was a night, I and I would love, when you guys are in San Diego, to take you to Quest Haven. Oh, okay. yes. I've been wanting to go there. Yeah. And so Quest Haven is like, you know, I don't know where our listeners are located, but typically there's a spot where, you know, there's some ghost activity or something spooky or scary out there. And um, anyway, in San Diego County, this place, Quest Haven, supposedly there's some witch coven out there and sorts of things like that. And um, I used to live out there. I actually used to, I moved to a house that was on this, at the end of this wild, windy, dark road. And I had a car that was kind of sporty, and so I would enjoy driving late at night on this road. And I was coming back from doing some work downtown San Diego. I'm cruising along, it's like 1.45 in the morning, and school's in session, this was not in the summer. And all of a sudden, ahead of me, I see people like in the road on the side of the road and so I started to slow down because I didn't want to hit anybody and as I got closer and closer I realized that they were kids and I looked at them and what was weird was that there were no cars around and this was like miles from anything so like what are these kids doing out here in the middle of the night by themselves on a school night at 1.45 in the morning so I look to the, they're kind of to the right of the road and I go slow and I'm a little bit nervous because, you know, I saw children in the corn when I was a kid and it's like, if these kids step out in the street, I'm not going to plow through them with my car. But anyway, they were all, they looked to be like 11 to 12, maybe 13 years old, all in a single file line on the side of the road. And when I passed by them, they looked at me and in my rear view mirror, I can specifically think to the memory of seeing their faces lit up red from my taillights. So they were out there with no flashlights in the dark on a Tuesday at 1.45 in the morning. And it was creepy. And I, I was like, wow, that was super disturbing, right? Like, how, how many were there? Probably 15 to 20. Wow. 15, wow. So a significant lot. amount of kids. Could you, so, could you send me the uh, coordinates of where you yeah, saw that? And yeah, I'll check absolutely. That out. Now, here's the thing. So I didn't think much about it. This was probably like 2006 when this happened. Okay. And so anyway, someone, when I do, you guys know, and if my listeners don't know, I do a haunted pub crawl tour downtown San Diego. Uh, it's now reserved to like a private group. It was just too much to do with a few people and so now it's kind of like up to eight people so if you want to buy out the whole night and you're just one person or a couple or two couples or up to eight of your friends uh, that's what I do so on one of these tours where I'm telling my stories and people like to share their stories uh, someone said you should look into that so you know you know how it is there's a lot of things I should do <laughs> yeah, and that is really and interesting. So, and so anyway, I finally looked it up, 
And there is a news article from the San Diego newspaper from 1982 interviewing a lady who lives out there who said that she sees children out in that area. And when I read that, like my heart stopped. I was like, wow, like 1982 to 2006, kids being seen out there in the dark. It's a big gap, yeah. Yeah, so anyway, I was like, wow, that's crazy. And Ace, you had the same thing happen. So in that same canyon you were talking about, when we did a show in the past, you talked about seeing this figure that did something unusual in the sense that instead of like, it would look like like someone was coming towards you would get taller, right? Yeah. But this thing was actually rescinding away from you and it was getting taller. And since then, you mm-hmm. told me that other people have captured that thing. Yeah, well, one of the very first episodes of Creepy AF, we went to Black Star Canyon, uh, and it was inspired by this encounter I had in 2014 with the um, uh, the OC Ghosts and Legends paranormal team, which I went out there with quite a while, uh, 2014, and uh, right at the beginning of the investigation, toward, uh, near the gate, I, I looked out over the ravine and I saw this uh, this shadow uh, creature of some sort was was almost looked like he was watching me but he didn't have any eyes it was just like this facial shape and you could tell it was focused on me and it seemed like it was not pleased that I could see him like maybe I shouldn't be able to see him or something so he, he stood up and he walked away in the opposite direction and as he walked away he grew from about six feet to about 30 feet tall um, it was really strange I don't know why it would do that but it was almost as if you know when someone walks away from you they start to get smaller but he actually it was the opposite he grew as he started to get away and I, I got this feeling like this was something from another dimension or something because the way it interacted with our physics just seemed uh, unnatural and you know what's funny is that aside from LSD like a lot of people think oh someone might be drinking or doing this or that but um, when you see something like that that's very like a kind of like crazy experience for you right well yeah I mean I've, I've drank and I've experimented with all sorts of drugs but I've never seen anything like that under the influence you right know? and I think that that's the point I'm trying to make to anyone who's yeah. thinking oh maybe this guy was smoking some weed or something out there the bottom line is that those different substances don't produce things like that well none that I'm aware of no. right 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 I just uh, wanted to follow up on what Steve said because it reminded me of something that happened to me I was in San Diego County also, actually. I was uh, camping with my former stepdad, who's still, for all intents and purposes, he's still like a stepdad. You know, he's a really close friend of the family. But we were camping in Julian, a place I really like, an old mining town. And we were going down, I'm sure you know the road, the road winding down from Julian that's like just goes on for miles with nothing heading like towards the freeway to LA, I guess. Right, where you would uh, pass the the Dudley's Bakery. I believe so, yeah. yeah so yeah. This, this road goes on for like 20 miles probably, and there's like literally nothing there. And this was in the middle of summer in the daytime. It was probably easily over 100 degrees. And in the middle of nowhere, I don't know how else to describe it, but on the side of the road was this person that looked like a scarecrow. I mean, literally, they had like a straw hat on and it looked like they had old farmer's clothes on and they were just walking right down the road. What time of year was that? 
that was in the summer. Okay. And then uh, with Rob Hernandez, my lead investigator, we were coming back from Tombstone, uh, Arizona, and we were driving down again, uh, uh, you know, a lonely road, and he was just taking a picture of the sunset. It was a really nice sunset, and in the picture, he got, like, this apparition on the side of the road. And he asked someone, I believe it was someone that was actually involved in our now infamous, uh, what everyone calls Hotel Garden Grove demonic case. And he was discussing this photograph and she said, yeah, um, I believe it was a few weeks before he took the picture or a few months, um, there was a hitchhiker in that same area and they had gotten hit by a car and it was a K injury, which is what police call a fatal traffic accident. Oh, wow. Yeah. I just want to let you know, Ace and I take turns out on that road from Julian with a scarecrow costume. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> but anyway, no, that's crazy. Yeah. So that's the thing. There's, you know, and there's a typical, it's funny because uh, I did a show with you guys, you guys know Richard, uh, who does the Disney, wrote the Disney book of ghosts and things like that. Richard Carradine. Yes, he was, yes, he, yes. He was talking about uh, how there's sort of these certain types of ghosts that people see. There's the person on the road, you know, and then there's the lady in the white dress. What is, someone, Ace, you were saying that this Kellogg house right next to us, that people see a lady in a white dress. Yeah, that's true. I think, Eric, you should talk about um, the 2016 investigation we did because Rob claimed to see her, correct? Yes, well, I I was supposed to lead the investigation, (laughs) but, um, Ace and myself and uh, the actress uh, Devin Ogden and uh, Allison Paganetti were hanging out in the Maog house, which was abandoned. But Rob had been in there earlier and he had, I, I think he heard a woman crying or a woman laughing in the house and he walked up the stairs and see how she, uh, he saw the apparition of a woman and that's when Ace and the other ones of us were in the Maog house and, and Rob and Fidel DeHaro were telling us, oh yeah, we had so much activity in the Kellogg house. We were looking out the windows and shadow people were walking by and we were hearing disembodied voices. And I was like, damn it, because I was supposed to be leading the investigation, you know, but like I said, we were in the Mog house and Rob kind of took over the investigation. And and just for the listeners and for myself too, when you say the Mog house, that's that's, that that's the other over. home. Okay, yes. So, so this Heritage Museum in Orange County, there are two homes, and they're probably about 200 feet away from each other. Yeah. So what Eric is talking about is the Kellogg House that we're sitting on the porch of, was where all the action was while Eric was 200 feet away in another house investigating right. over there. Just, yeah, we just, were in, just we so were in people the have a house. visual of right. what's going so on. I, so I was all disappointed, you know. I mean, I was hanging out with my producer and two cute girls, but I was like, damn it. You know, they're, they experienced everything in the museum house, and here we are in a creepy abandoned house. There's, you know, there were probably 20 people in the Kellogg house. There was only four of us in the Mog house, which was, you know, kind of falling apart and we're like why you know i was like why didn't anything happen here this is the creepy house with less people in it and i was saying to myself i want something to happen before i leave i want something to happen before i leave so everyone was leaving and they were like in a carriage house or something the people that were left rob and fidel there might have been one or two other people and i walked out and i looked into the mog house and on the second floor 
I saw the woman that Rob was talking about, and she was looking out the window of this house, of the, the Mog House. Oh, that the Mog House. house. Okay, yeah, okay, gotcha. I, I was saying I want something to happen. They experienced everything. Why can't I experience something? So I saw yeah. the woman looking out the window, and I'm sure you've seen that picture. Um, the three of us wearing Rob's shirt, the PCH Paranormal shirt, with our backs, and we're looking up at the window. So that's where that picture comes from. Ah, I see. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, and the the Mog House is not in the same condition as the Kellogg house, which looks quite nice inside. Uh, it's deteriorating. I think they're in the process of restoring it. So we were lucky to get in there when we did. Uh, we actually had an incident where I went out on the uh, attic porch and almost fell through the ceiling because the support beams are not <laughs> what they used to be. Wow. So uh, that was... That was my fault for going into a part of the house, which I shouldn't have. Yeah, of course, of course. Now, there are... So what's interesting, for those of you guys who don't know, there are two kind of things that happen around this time of year. We've got, obviously, a lot of focus on paranormal things that have happened in places like these two homes here. Uh, and then, obviously, we have... Um, theatrical things, right? Like what's happening up at Winchester Mystery House, which was sort of a, a hybrid between real hauntings yeah. and theatrical. Um, I want to bring up all the theatrical things that happen this time of year. Obviously, you know, I think we're all, are we all really happy that like things are happening this year compared to last year? Oh yeah, just this weekend, it's already better than, than last year. Cause we, I think we went to a couple drive-ins or drive-through haunts. Uh, we went to um, an outdoor socially distanced haunt, and then I went to like a uh, a garage or a what do you call it a yard display thing, which they normally do a haunted house, but they said this year we're just going to do a display. Yeah. So we I only did five events last year, and I think I think the decorations and I did at my Halloween party thing was was probably scarier than some of the the, the attractions that yeah. we went to last year. Now this year they're off to a pretty good start. Yeah, yeah I did so like. Sorry, yeah. I did like. Although it was short, the OC Legends I did like when they had those hot girls dancing on the pole. Wait, and what? The, the OC. <laughs> the, what was it? The OC Legends. They had those girls dancing on the pole, and then they played that creepy EDM music, and that lady came out kind of doing this interpretive slow dancing. I did I did like that. That was pretty cool. Well, I've gone out with them twice and I don't remember any girls <laughs> dancing on poles. That was after you left. Eric <laughs> went somewhere else. I'm not sure this is the same There, there was a haunted... About. You guys remember that haunted uh, house that was in downtown LA and it was source, so, supposed to be like a sexy sort of like vampire girls and stuff I, in there? I think so. You went to that. I think yeah. Eric was there. I don't know if you were there. Is that zombies? Zombie Joe's or something? No, else. no, 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 no. It was uh, it was someone doing like a one-off, and it was just in this abandoned warehouse. But uh, it was it was. Uh, oh yeah, the, uh, the those underground parties I used to go to. Yeah, but it was thin. It was thin as far as the quality of it. Now you mentioned Zombie Joe. So Zombie Joe is back this year. Yeah. Uh, I was actually talking to him about helping me produce something in Old Town San Diego where, uh, you know, you would come in and it's a theatrical experience, but it's presented in a way where it feels authentic. Cool. And, uh, you know, we were both, he was concerned a little bit about authenticity, that people maybe were on edge and didn't want something like that. So I think that's coming in the future. But um, he's actually doing shows this October 
and Zombie Joe, you you guys both know him. I've known him for a long time, yeah. Yeah, uh, I've talked to him a few times. I don't know him well. So he, I did a show. You guys can go back and check it out uh, in the past from there. And it was funny because uh, I'm into theatrical production. When I was in high school, I did sound and lighting and then worked at SeaWorld and did sound and lighting. So I love the theatrical aspect of things and theater. Yeah, we should mention SeaWorld before we... Yeah, yeah, we should. And so anyway, so Zombie Joe uh, started in his garage and he had this, what he quoted as an asshole sort of instructor at, uh, I don't know if it's UC Long Beach or one of the UCs up, up here in uh, you know Los Angeles County. Anyway, he, uh, he just took his matter into his own hands and started to do shows out of his garage. And then he got a theater and it's been going on for like 25 years, which is amazing. Maybe even longer now, maybe 30 years. But he has a theater up in uh, NoHo, as they call it. And anyone who lives in Los Angeles might know that as North Hollywood Theater District. But um, he's doing shows this year, which is great. You know, I mean, everybody was a little bit scared to do stuff last year. You know, are people going to show up, you know, with a health threat and risk and kind of going on? And so anyway, he's doing shows, but his shows are really over the top theatrical production. Not what's great about them is that they aren't um, they're not heavy into the lighting and the sound and special effects. They're heavy into the the acting you know and it's like it really takes you on a journey when you can go see a show in a small little space where they've got a couple clamp-on lights from Home Depot and it's like wow like this is so like uh, raw you know and and to, to be moved by what they're doing so anyway he's doing shows this this October I'm, I'm gonna go see it. It's like a hands-down, no-brainer. You have to check it out. It's called Zombie Joe's Theater. Urban Death. Urban Death is the shows they do for I've Halloween. never actually seen the theatrical performance. I only saw the demo they did at Midsummer Scream. For, yeah. And from what I remember, it was pretty rated R, some of the content. Yes, for yeah. sure. I mean, this is not a kid's show. It's definitely like, and I think that's part of the um, wow factor, it's right? It's very different. It's a wow factor, right? It's like, uh, it's so funny because I took a buddy of mine to see Urban Death, you know, probably the last year before the pandemic. And uh, <laughs> there's like, you know, the lights go out and then like there's this nude guy. Yeah, there's a lot the of lights nudity. lights come on and someone yells out, well, we got, we got that done with, you know. <laughs> it's like, okay, there it is. It happened, you know. But, uh, you know, where else can you go and like see this sort of artistic like uh, expression, you know, where it's not sexual at all you know but uh you know it's more more in line with like you know it's it's just this trailing horror movie it's really great so um anyway he's doing that so i want to give a shout out to zombie joe and his shows that are happening uh i'm going to try and roll that into my uh october 16th trip up to los angeles uh, and Ace, you should go too, because it's a cool show. The Zombie Joe's? Yeah, the Zombie okay. Joe's. Check my schedule. And then there's another cool one. Uh, so there was like Wicked Lit. Eric, you remember yeah, Wicked Lit? I don't know Lit? if they're having that this year. Yeah, I never saw that. I don't I think they are. I heard it was are. good. Dude, it was over the top. Like, we went to Altadena uh, Cemetery, and you're just like sort of standing in front of the mausoleum doors, and like this character comes up, and he's, you know, he has an English accent, and he talks about like, 
he runs into you and treats you like a normal, like he just ran into you. They actually take you into the mausoleum. Yeah, so, so that was the thing. We're there and he's like, hey, I've been traveling for days to get here and I'm worried about my friend. And then he knocks, he pounds on the door of this like mausoleum. And then all of a sudden, like the doors open and fog rolls out. And as this dude walks into the mausoleum, as he's walking through it with real bodies in the walls, the candle holders, the candles light up as he walks by them. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And there was lots of projection mapping and stuff like that. And I've been two times. But anyway, Wicked Lit was a cool. I mean, obviously, we have the benefit we're in Hollywood, you know, near Hollywood. So you've got lots of very talented people who are trying to further their careers. And these are the kind of things they do. So yeah, they were doing projection mapping before it was even popular. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I just got a low-lying fog machine, and I haven't even tested it out yet, but I'm going to, at my Halloween party, I'm going to try to have the floor, like, all a thin layer of fog, so you walk through the fog, which yeah. would kind of be cool. I don't know if it's powerful enough, but... Uh, well, the Very important question. Yeah. <laughs> Are you going to have that hot sauce again? <laughs> oh, yes. The What's that show? Hot hot Ones? I had the, the Last Dab Apollo, which is the hottest hot sauce well, it's the hottest pepper in the world. It's in the Guinness Book of World Records. So we had this wings challenge where we took, uh, usually at the end of the show, the, the celebrity guest is kind of dared to try the last dab, which is just like a wing, and they put like a little uh, dot of the hot sauce. <laughs> wow. what, what we did is we <laughs> poured it all on there, uh, basted it in, cooked it, and then I put more on top of it. So, oh, my God. And I ate three of them. <laughs> I had two, right? I think so. Yeah, I could. So I can't believe we got four, at least four. No, we have five people try it, and unfortunately, my, my poor roommate, um, she. It, this is how hot it was. She said she didn't even have one with that hot sauce, but she had one that was next to the one with the hot sauce. I remember she, that. And she rubbed her eye, and she had to go get medical treatment the next day. Wow. It wasn't That's even the that, one. Yeah. It was next to was a chicken like wing. That that hot. And she went yeah. to the hospital. She went to the hospital. Well, well, I, I know yeah. we're running out of time. We should probably talk about what's coming up this weekend. Yeah, for sure. Oh, what is coming haunt. up this weekend? <laughs> the fish haunt. We've dubbed it the fish haunt. The fish haunt. Okay, so uh, I used to work at SeaWorld, and back in those times, 15 20 years ago we had dreams and aspirations of a haunted house there because SeaWorld has been doing um, a very youthful event every year really geared towards toddlers I mean if you're older than five years old it's not going to blow your skirt up so to speak but anyway so yeah that, so they go around there's little candy stations and stuff like that now SeaWorld is owned or was owned or related to Busch Gardens. It's not anymore, I don't think. But Busch Gardens has been doing a Howlow Scream event, which is very well produced and received. Now SeaWorld is doing Howlow Scream this year in San Diego for yeah, the first look, time. I, I believe Anheuser-Busch, I know that SeaWorld is a uh, independently publicly traded company. I don't know if Anheuser-Busch still has any ownership, though. Yeah, the they've changed ownership, and things have changed there quite a bit over the years from the Anheuser-Busch days. But needless to say, the three of us are going to go check it out this Friday. We're going to do a podcast afterwards. We're trying to make it exciting, so we might do the podcast from... Old Town San Diego, which has a lot of history. I mean, if any place is haunted, you talk about a place like that. Um, the Whaley House being right there. So maybe we will do this from the porch of the Whaley House. Can I just say one thing that real would quick? Be cool. Yeah. 
I, I, I honestly, not to put down the Whaley House, but I've had a lot more experiences at the cemetery next door. I believe it's called El Campo de Santa or something. Campo Santo, that's right. Campo Santos, yeah. I've had a lot of experiences there. My mom doesn't believe in the paranormal, really, even though... You know, I've played EVPs and stuff for her, and she has been with me a few times when stuff has happened, but uh, I did take a photograph, and I got, like, this cowboy face coming out of a grave, and there's been a couple of times there, you know, you could say it's the weather, but fog would roll in, and it was just in the cemetery and not in other parts of the area right next by, right next door. Yeah, so um, I live within probably 300 feet of the cemetery that Eric's talking about. One of my favorite things to do when I bring people around there is show them the little tags that are in the middle of the street where there are graves that they didn't move. And that is something a lot of people have just glossed over and not noticed. The other thing is in the back of that very cemetery is where the children were buried and there's a map of them. So like in 1992 or three, uh, UCSD students went with ground penetrating radar and they went along and found that there were more bodies and that they were children outside the wall of the cemetery. So which is really you know interesting to go check out. So we're gonna do SeaWorld, Hollow Scream, next Friday. And then on Saturday, I think it's just me, Eric's got some wrestling stuff to do, which he'll talk about in a second. But we're gonna go up to Fright Fest related to Screamscape. Lance Hart out there who does Screamscape, we're gonna go check that out. And the one at Magic Mountain, right? Yeah, Magic, okay, that's yeah, Magic go, Mountain, way up in Valencia. Okay, so okay. Ace and I will be there. We'll go check that out. Eric's shaking his head, he's disappointed that he bought tickets to some wrestling match. Tell us about that wrestling thing real quick. Well, I, I totally forgot about Fright Fest. I was just booked in Vegas for a wrestling show that actually never happened. I was supposed to actually have a spot wearing my Plague Doctor mask uh, where the boogeyman put worms on my, on my mask. Um, so I thought it would be cool not to be part of a show, but to check out a show out of town. So I saw that GCW is going to be in town, and I've been wanting to see the deathmatch wrestler Nick Gage. So I totally forgot about Fright Fest and uh, bought a ticket for GCW versus Fist Combat in uh, Ocean Beach. And then I remembered that Fright Fest is the same Saturday. So I have to honestly say I'm kind of uh, having mixed emotions. Um, you know, I've been around a lot of the WWF, WWE guys, a lot of celebrities. But for some reason, one guy I want to see is Nick Gage. And I, I don't know if I bought the ticket impulsively or what, but Ace and Steve have been talking about Fright Fest, and I saw the email, and now I'm like, damn, I want to go to that, but... Yeah, you should go, uh, Google the Nick Gage guy. The stuff he does is, is insane. And yeah. he's almost died a couple times, yeah. right? Yeah. No kidding. But wow. you can't, you know, you can't be in two places at once. I don't know if I'm going to cancel my hotel reservations and take the $20 loss or what. I haven't... Well, I told Eric you could stay at my place. Is that offer for, still on? Yeah, for free in Old Town San Diego. <laughs> I might if have you, to do that. I live in a 101-year-old house. Wow. Last time I stayed at a haunted house in uh, San Diego, it was at a friend's house. And this was when Rob Hernandez was first starting to build spirit boxes. And it was near a uh, Christian science church. The Christian science church was literally next door. 
and there had been reports of the organ music playing and everything. So I said, I've, I've been into the occult in my past. I said, okay, I'm going to do a ritual. I'm going to invoke some stuff. And I did the ritual. And the Oh, gr- no, he didn't. <laughs> he just started talking about rituals. The girl whose house we were staying at was absolutely pissed because after I did this ritual on the spirit box, she, in her own words, she said, it sounded like Silent Hill. All of a sudden, the organ music started playing. You're literally hearing uh, the sound of chains dragging. You're hearing people screaming. It sounded like, you know, people screaming from hell. Then the cabinets start flying open. She goes to use the bathroom, and she comes out with huge scratches. So I don't know if it was the ritual I did, but last time I stayed in an old place in San Diego, it was pretty damn scary. Eric, I don't know if my offer stands any further after (laughs) that I won't do that if I stay at your place, I (laughs) promise. Don't do a ritual. Don't do a ritual. So, So the son of the guy who lived in the house for many, many years, it was in their family, did disclose to me that years ago his father and his father's girlfriend would do seances in the basement which are right below my my bedroom it's like this little most homes in san diego for those who don't know southern california we don't have basements out here it's not the norm so it's kind of this hidden room but anyway supposedly things went on i've never sensed anything my daughter's never sensed anything however i did see this um i did see this um massaging stick I hang on like a coat hanger move one time all by itself but if there's anything in that house it's like laying low and I want it to lay low well I promise (laughs) I won't do any rituals if I stay there it sounds like I won't even have to (laughs) (laughs) exactly so anyways are you guys down I just want to throw this out right now are both of you down for going to Quest Haven this weekend I am yeah absolutely is that that after the event yeah, like Okay, l- if late. it's after the event, I can probably do it. Is like, that the same as Elfin Forest? Yes, it is. Okay. Yes. The Quest Haven is the name of the road. Elfin Forest is the name of the area. So When I heard about SeaWorld, my first thought was, oh, they're going to let people swim across the Shark Tank or something <laughs> for like a haunted attraction. You know, when my friend and I worked there, Max, uh, both of us used to laugh about jumping into the SeaWorld tank yeah. while guests were walking through the park because they're so well fed the sharks would never eat you they're, they're full I remember when I uh, when I was a kid I saw Jaws 3D and it, it was filmed at SeaWorld and I remember that disembodied head floating in the shark tank <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all I know about disembodied stuff I've only heard about like there's you know Richard Carradine he talks about Pasadena and some homes out there where people had disembodied like the dog. They would look down and see a dog next to them, but it was just like the dog head and body, no legs. And then also fish, like in a fish tank, like a goldfish swimming in the middle of the room where a goldfish used to be. <laughs> that, was, that sounds, well, that sounds yeah. like a bad acid trip. I mean, <laughs> are you sure it wasn't uh, Timothy Leary or... Uh, Who's the other guy? The guy that wrote Prometheus Rising that was uh, reporting that? Uh, Robert Anton Wilson. It probably was. It probably was. All right, you guys. We're up to this. Like We're over an hour now by one minute, which is fine. We don't have a time limit, but it's nice to keep it at an hour. So uh, I guess if you've enjoyed this, please subscribe to all of our feeds, okay? So you've got Spooks and Spirits, which is this on Instagram and Twitter. And then Ace, give your accounts out yeah my accounts are ace jordan film at instagram twitter and facebook and creepy af show at instagram 
Facebook and Twitter. And also check out the Starco Tube. That's my production company YouTube channel where we have, I believe it's like 140 creepy F videos that we've shot since the last five years. Yeah. And Eric, you've, you're at Golden State Haunts? Yeah, my Instagram is uh, Golden State Haunts. That's golden underscore state underscore haunts on Instagram. And then on Twitter, it's, uh, I believe, GS Haunts uh, Events, I believe. It's either GS Haunts Events or GS Haunts and Events. Um, and you could find me uh, on either one of those. I mostly use Instagram, though. So if you guys are into paranormal investigation, next Friday, this coming Friday, this will be out. After we do Hollow Scream, we're going to be in Old Town on the porch of the Whaley House, and we're going to do a show there. Oh, wow. That is where Regis Philman was spooked the shit out of what happened, what happened to him there. That sounds awesome. But I just want to really quickly say thank you to Kevin and Megan of Creep It Real OC for allowing us to to be here and uh, do this podcast here. And also they did a really great job on the expo. It was way better than I was expecting. I don't mean that to sound uh, bad in any way, but it was just, this is kind of a complicated setup. And uh, they really made it work, even though... um, you know, there's a lot going on here, different houses, different sections, and they really uh, organized it well, so you, you're, you're not overly crowded. It's, it's relatively spaced out pretty well, and um, this is one of the most, um, one of the times I've felt the most like Halloween is back, yeah. you know, and like things are kind of getting back to normal. Yeah, and I also wanted to say, um, Ace and I have been talking about doing public investigations. Uh, our first one uh, that we might do uh, probably would actually be at this location, and I think we're toying around with something like Creepy AF Presents uh, for the title. So we're, we're just in the beginning stages of talking about that, but... Uh, for any of you that know, I used to run a lot of public investigations, and they would all sell out. So make sure to keep an eye out for that. Um, hopefully that does happen. Yeah, we're thinking about doing um, public investigations at the places that we've put on the show. But I, I think for the moment, the focus should be doing more shows. But I do like the idea of doing public investigations. And this would be perfect because we've already done this place twice, so we, we, we know what we're doing here. Yeah, absolutely. I think that there are a lot of people out there who would enjoy experiencing that. So mm-hmm. we'll, we'll definitely put that out and participate in that as too, as, as far as my stuff goes. Um, all right, you guys. Well, thank you for listening. If you've made it this far, you're like in the 10% because people are <laughs> impatient. But uh, look for the next episode coming up just in five days from now. There will be another one, and we'll do uh, SeaWorld. We're going to talk about how SeaWorld was, Hollow Scream. We're going to do that from the Whaley House in Old Town, San Diego, which is a very historic, known-to-be-haunted place. I've only, I've never seen anything in the Whaley House. I live there. I can go there any time of day. But I will say that there was a point I went into that house, and by the time I got to the top of the stairs, I just felt this uneasy energy, and I wanted to get out of there. Was that near the theater? At the top of the stairs, by the time I got to the top of the stairs, I'm like, and I was with someone and who doesn't necessarily believe in stuff like this, and I didn't want to say anything, but I'm like thinking in my head, I got to get out of this house. Yeah, because I believe the stairs, the first room uh, up the stairs is the theater, and that does have a, a pretty creepy vibe. Yeah, yeah, we should investigate the Wiley, the Wiley yeah. House. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, 
Or I'm the good. Heath Davis house. That place the is Heath crazy. The Heath Davis house. It's a, I heard there's a Nazi ghost in the attic. No kidding. Well, they used to brew. So in the Heath Davis house, that's part of my tour when I do uh, my tours downtown with people who want to join that. Um, the Heath Davis house, it's been in three different locations around San Diego. And they used to brew. There's like a distillery in the attic. Um, it's obvious. It has it been on? It's been on Ghost Adventures. Hasn't I believe it? so. Yeah. So, anyway, well, thanks for joining us, you guys. Uh, this is Spirits and More Radio. It was so fantastic to do another show after a year of being on hiatus and sort of laying low. And uh, let's just all cross our fingers that we'll be able to continue to have a great Halloween.
dark and lonely heart What is her 